Don't buy this tree, Foxy. You're borrowing at 9.5 with no fixed rate, plus moving into the most dangerous neighborhood in the country for someone of your type of species. You're exaggerating, Badger. <laughs> I'm sugarcoating it, man. This is Boggus, Bunce, and Bean. Three of the meanest, nastiest, ugliest farmers in the history of this valley. Really? Tell me about him. <sighs> All right. Walter Boggus is a chicken farmer, probably the most successful in the world. He's unbelievably fat, which maybe is genetic, but he also eats three boiled chickens smothered with dumplings every day for breakfast, lunch, supper, and dessert. That's 12 in total, per diem. Nathan Bunce is a duck and goose farmer. He owns about 2 million ducks and 500,000 geese. You might say he's kind of a pot-bellied dwarf of some kind, and he eats only donuts with smashed-up goose livers injected into them. Now, Franklin Bean is a turkey and apple farmer. He's probably anorexic because he never eats anything. He's on a liquid diet of strong, alcoholic cider, which he makes from his apples. He's as skinny as a pencil, as smart as a whip, and easily the biggest cusshole I've ever met in my life. In summation, I think you just gotta not do it, man. That's all. I understand what you're saying, and your comments are valuable, but I'm gonna ignore your advice. <laughs> the cuss you are. The cuss I am? Are you cussing with me? No? You cussing with me? Don't cuss and point at me. If you're going to cuss at somebody, you aren't going to cuss at me, you little cuss. Y you want to cuss at me? You <laughs> Just buy the tree. Okay. <laughs> Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got My day. Best day, big boy, huh? That's Brock. Fuck you. Everybody on? Good. Great. Great. Wonderful. We are back. We have been ransacking neighborhood farms and brawling with our dogs. But we are facing off a podcast where we take two movies that we find to be similar, such as two animated Wes Anderson movies, and we compare, oh. contrast, and rate them. I'm Gabus Siegelis. Or just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm Layla. Oh, Hi, Layla. Hi, Nick. And Bogus and Bonson and Bean. <laughs> and we are doing great. And we are doing Fantastic Mr. Fox versus Isle of Dogs. Humans suck, but I love dogs. What about you two? Cats versus dogs. Which one do you choose? Layla, go. Dogs. Oh, I feel like I'm going to be the controversial one dogs. that says, like, both <laughs> equally no i love both like cat dog yeah cat do you have dog. a preference no i really do like love the them cat equally. Dog? i don't have a preference i love them both oh. so much do you guys not remember cat dog i, I remember cat, cat dog, dog. <laughs> yeah it's okay, a great good. great animated series i thought uh, i just fever dreamed that when i was a kid <laughs> okay good. wolves or foxes nick i know wolves. your answer is, is wolves yeah his brother name was brother balto in our fraternity <laughs> i think foxes honestly <laughs> Oh, they're so they're cute. cute. Oh, yeah. Honey. What the cuss? Okay. Okay. What's your favorite animal? Well, probably wolves. Fuck yeah. I I'm going to raise my fist animal. in oh, the air penguins. like a wolf. Oh, penguins. penguins. Okay. Uh, and Layla? I don't know if I could pick a favorite animal. I love all animals. I do really love butterflies. That's really random, but I love butterflies. So I'll say that. 
That was pretty random. Aww. I actually like a common like house dog. That's my like fame, <laughs> favorite. Basic. Basic. Like, what Basic. breed? Just any. I, a golden retriever is probably my favorite just, animal. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I love golden. That's retrievers your favorite so dog. Much. I That's miss not Ralphie. Just any. Hey, this one's for you, Ralphie. Much love, Aww. brother. Um. Anyways. If you guys have not seen, this is to the listeners, if you guys have not seen Fantastic Mr. Fox or Isle of Dogs, you can check both of them out on Disney+. Plus. So go do that. And also, while you're at it, since you're going to be going online, why don't you go over to Instagram and start following us there. Uh, we are Facing Off Podcast. Just look us up and start liking all our posts and engaging with us because we really like that. And also... If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and a review at the end of this episode. It means the world to us, and we can become like super famous and give you guys like promotions and and uh, cool sponsorships, and we can maybe get you free dogs or something as part of a promo code for uh, facing <laughs> off. So uh, go do that. Thank you very much. Lofty Nick, promises. Yes. Any synopses for these two movies? Yeah, I'll make it quick. These are two stop-motion Wes Anderson films about aminals, Um, (laughs) specifically uh, canines of some sort. Okay. True. Primarily. True, 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 Canine species. Mostly. Yeah. Uh, And their interactions with humans, sort of. I think that's the good tie-in. There's a lot of, like, specific things that are between all of Wes Anderson's movies. I don't know if everyone yeah. has seen Wes Anderson, uh, but you need to watch all of his movies if you haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a few tie-ins with this movie. One of the ones that's in every single one of his movies that kind of bothers me, and let's just get that out of the way before we get into this, is that he Whoa. always has to kill a fucking animal Hot in day. every one of his movies. There's always a random animal killing, and it's usually pretty funny. Uh but it's also could be pretty disturbing, like Adrian Brody throwing a cat out of the window in Grand Budapest Hotel. Just about as funny as a, a dead animal can be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wes Anderson's nailed it. There's a few animals that die in this one, and it's kind of sad. He's got his finger on the pulse. If it ever made sense in a film, though, these are two yeah, movies it has about to be with it. <laughs> <laughs> where they're the main characters. That's yeah. actually why he made both of them was to find a, a, a real a more true appropriate excuse. way to kill yeah. animals. Yeah, right. and both of these movies also <laughs> have whistling cues. Like, one of the characters has, like, a whistling cue. So, like, all the yeah. dogs in Isle of Dogs have that one specific one that turns into the score at some points. But uh, Mr. Fox has his own signature one, which we'll do at the very end. Uh, that's Attempt a little sneak to do. preview. Uh, also, stay tuned to the end because Layla is going to give you a bunch of suggestions of other stop-motion animation movies so you guys can be just fully stocked up with uh, stop motion. Um, Layla, I hope you're fully prepared for that because... Are you uh, kidding? Big deal. All right. I just thought of a much funnier synopsis and I'm very upset. Go for it right now. I say you do it right now. Do it. Basically, there's three grabbers, three taggers, five twig runners, and a player (laughs) at whack bat. Center tagger lights a pine cone and chucks it over the basket and the whack batter tries to hit the cedar stick off the cross rock. Then the twig runners dash back and forth till the pine cone burns out and the umpire calls hotbox. Finally, you you count up how many score downs it adds up to and divide that by nine. Got it? And if Got you didn't it. get that reference, okay. then you don't deserve to listen to this episode. Bye. Yeah. All right. Turn it off and go watch Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox. Mike memorize that. That was just, very just a... that was very impressive, Nick. Yeah, incredibly I'm, I'm impressive. Unbelievably impressed with you as the days go by. Um, let's Thanks, break man. these two movies down and okay. rate them using a scale. We're, we're going to use five categories, and we're going to rate them on a scale of one to seven, seven being the highest, 
one being the littlest, the runt of the family, uh, and four being average or neutral or in between. Um, let's start with eye candy. And since Layla Whoa. is our resident stop motion obsessive, uh, I think that you should talk about the visual quality and the visual elements of Fantastic Mr. Fox first. Oh, my God. Would you please? Um, I also feel like I'm just going to start On by kind of talking about stop motion for a second because I feel like okay. a lot of people don't actually know what stop motion truly is. And it's just yeah. one of the coolest things I've ever learned about in my life. And ever since I did, I have obsessively researched stop motion because of it. One of my favorite days of my life ever is when I went to the Portland Art Museum to the Leica stop motion exhibit. And if it ever pops up in your city, please go check out the Leica exhibit. It's one of the greatest things I've ever done. And I spent an entire day there and I wish I could go back every day. Um, Leica this also does brought to you by the Leica. <laughs> this uh, Leica also does Leica. By the way, is the one of the largest stop motion studios that exists, and oh, very cool. Um, they post videos constantly on YouTube, and you can just get mesmerized by watching them build these worlds. So stop motion. Um, is animated filmmaking technique in which objects are physically manipulated in small increments between individually photographed frames. So basically. Mm. Everything you're seeing is just the most meticulous art form you've ever seen in your life. Every one of, I'll never forget one of the actors in one of these movies was just like, I never realized that every single thing you're seeing in these movies is built for this movie. There is not a single thing yeah. in these films that is not made for yeah. it. And it is just some of the highest form of craft, craftsmanship that exists in art. And to think about the patience that it requires to manipulate objects in that way so slowly to capture one scene and to have set pieces and facial pieces that you interchange for every single shot to create an emotion on whether it's mm. like clay or a puppet or whatever that is that blows my mind i don't think people talk enough about how making a stop motion film takes like 5 years like it is just true and true art I only think of like the Parks and Rec scene with Ben when he spends like a week doing it and then he's just really depressed. When he's <laughs> I mean, I can only imagine. It's insane. Oh. It is insane. Yeah. Um, it sounds like my nightmare. So hats off to anyone that goes into that field. I am in awe of you. I think you are remarkable. I hope, you, I hope you're listening to this. Um, I I gave Fantastic Mr. Fox a seven and eye candy. I think it is... Mm. Again, I can't stress enough that when it comes to animation, this is just the highest level of this art form to me. Like this is all handcrafted, hand-built, meticulously made to like the little – aside from just stop motion in general, you also have Wes Anderson involved in this. And Wes Anderson yeah. is one of the most meticulous visual directors on the planet. And every detail and every moment of a scene matters and – for him to incorporate that into a film that's entirely visually built is just next level. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think as far as Wes Anderson goes, particularly his stop motion films are my favorite because uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox is my favorite Wes Anderson movie. And mm -hmm. it's simply because of how remarkable I think it is. Every time I watch this movie, I am in awe of the fact that a claymation film or I mean a stop motion puppeteer film can make me feel emotional about the landscape. Like I, I truly look at some of the shots in this movie and I feel 
deep emotion. And then on top of that, there's just how like much purposefulness there is to it. The hue of the entire movie is like you're looking at a children's book. And it's so yeah. purposeful. The lighting is so purposeful. And I think it's so important because this is based off of a children's story. And it feels like you're watching one come to life. Um, yeah, I could talk about this all day. So I'm going to stop there. I, I think it's just visually stunning and so much fun to watch. And I'm glad kids get to watch cool animation like this. Absolutely. And thank you for the background on stop motion. I think that's actually um, really helpful and cool to everyone yeah. listening. Nick, what did you think, uh, eye candy, for Fantastic Mr. Fox? I also gave it, I mean, I don't know how you could not give it a seven. If you don't give it a seven, uh, you're stupid and you okay, should turn your audio stupid. off as well as your video because your internet sucks. And so you. <laughs> I Targeted. think that it. I think that the coolest parts, I, I don't have anything to add to like Layla's amazing definition or like. Uh, fangirlness of of uh, uh, stop motion, but I think it's uh, hilarious that they purposefully made the movie look more stop motiony to have this particular like look about it where yeah. you can tell like yes those are puppets and that's cool, <laughs> which means that there's another level of stop motion that they could have achieved in which it was seamless, which is like. Just ridiculous. So true. Yeah. Like they were so like, true. no, good point. <laughs> tone it back so that it looks more, more, uh, re- less refined. That'd be good. And yeah, they wanted like, it to what? look puppeteer like. You're so right. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you could have made it not. That's crazy. Uh, so I don't know how it's not a seven. I am so sorry. This is just my opinion. I'm going to give it a six out of seven, and I'll remind shameful. everyone that that is. Well, well, well above <laughs> average, and it is not shameful, and I will explain I'm why kidding. I'm not giving I'm it that. Um, obviously, very creative, and it's like revolutionary visually. I mean, there hadn't been a stop motion movie like this um, before that, especially that's that smooth and that blends his his style. You could really see that it's a Wes Anderson movie while he's doing this. Um, I'm going to give it more credit for that and originality because that's just how I'm kind of categorizing this. But regardless, the only reason why I'm not giving it a seven and a seven is like perfect in my mind, especially in the eye candy category is that, is that it's just not my favorite of his movies visually. And I also think that he got better at this with Isle of Dogs. I think it's just, it's visually smoother to me. And you know, that's a product of just, you know, uh, technology, but we rate movies, uh, visually that have come out now, as opposed to the ones that came out in like the 1950s all the time. And so that's just kind of why I look at it that way. And I love Wes Anderson. We're probably going to end up doing almost all of his movies at some point. So I'm going to take my stand on something that it's just not my preference, but I will point out a couple scenes that I think are just unbelievably beautiful that I I just always remember is the scene with the falling water behind Mr. Fox when he's talking to Mrs. Fox. It's such Uh, a great shot. It's just a gorgeous shot. And then when they zoom in and the water is still there, it's really cool. I also think every moment that they're moving around and like running and like doing jumping or like doing gymnastics and stuff, it looks great. And when they make you see the scale of, of these uh, foxes, it's really great. Um, One thing I think that just takes me out visually a little bit is just that these are really, really charismatic actors playing these people. And at, 
uh, these foxes, sorry. Um, and at <laughs> times when it zooms in on their face, just the stop motion of it like doesn't help me as much. Like I'd rather see their faces. Like I, George Clooney has a really funny face when he's being a scheming dickweed. And I don't get that all the time with Mr. Fox. And that, and that, I think that's just the benefit of his human movies. And that's just a preference. Uh, human movies. And so I'm going to give it a six, but it's still well above average. But Nick, uh, why don't you kick us off with Isle of Dogs? Um, uh, I can't. Oh, so I need to ask, because I couldn't figure, find it really in time. Is Isle of Dogs entirely stop motion? Yeah. Or is there some... some computer graphics going on there i think it's all stop motion it's all stop motion that's crazy as balls i give it an eight <laughs> yeah, it's, sorry it's that's crazy as cuss i give it an eight yeah we already broke that. um yeah dang it the cuss well, you will i mean it's a cussing seven it's got to be i don't think that i mean it just looks so good and it's so visual like the whole st- oh, not the whole story most of the story is told visually like there's not a ton of dialogue in Isle of Dogs that tells you the story i mean a lot of it's like in japanese and purposely subtitled for you know whatever um you know aesthetic reason that 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 Wes Anderson has but it's such a cool like it's it's a next it's the evolved form of 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 uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Like it, it totally agree. It's just so cool that it tells the story visually, but also does it in this like what must just. It literally sounds like a circle of hell to me <laughs> to like make these. <laughs> yeah, it would not be pleasant. Deuced, like, oh my god, no. Layla, uh, what about you? Um, so I'm I'm obviously going to give it a seven. I, Gabe, I do agree with you in a certain sense between the two films, but I don't necessarily think it's that the animation itself or the like technology behind the animation got better because around the time of fantastic Mr. Fox, even better stuff than fantastic Mr. Fox was being made. But I do think Wes Anderson figured out stop motion by the time he got to Isle of Dogs. Like he absolutely, he was built for this type of visual medium. A hundred percent. Wes Anderson is a quirky, eccentric, weird incredibly creative human being and stop motion is meant for those types of people and fantastic mr fox was a step into that world for him and isle of dogs is him soaring like he is just he's peaking for this is his like this is now his like he can take this medium and go on and do incredible things isle of dogs it is a testament that this entire movie is in a trash dump, a disgusting trash dump, and I am yeah. just in awe of how fucking beautiful everything I'm looking at is. Like it is. Yeah, I want to go visit island. that trash dump. It's just because of the doggies. Unreal! It's gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous. This the scenes that are set, the moments between the dogs, like the fighting between the dogs when the like white fluff oh, yeah. just like it's, it's just stunning. <laughs> it's stunning and. Yeah. Um, I never thought that I would watch an animation and just feel like I'm watching a real sunset or I'm watching a real like moment in time. And it feels that way when I'm watching these, like it's such a fucking testament, cussing testament to all (laughs) of these creators. My God, these people meticulously making these sets and sitting there and building them with their hands. Like, I am just in awe of all of you and I would love to meet you someday <laughs> because yeah. 
you make me shed tears. <laughs> I seriously, and and this is like for me, this is like I had to find some way of separating these movies a little bit, and I totally agree with you. I think that. I mean, even with like Grand Budapest Hotel, you could just see that Wes Anderson has just gotten better and better at his craft over time where he's like perfected it. Yeah. Um, But even just like not even just the stop motion itself, it's just this is mind blowing to look at in terms of its editing, its framing, Mm -hmm. it's like zooming in and out the staging, the set and costume design, if I could even say that, because they're all like. Yeah, it's the creators. Yeah, the people building them for sure. it's brilliant and like the camera zooms in in really funny ways like when the uh when f murray abraham's like dog is like talking and it's like going diagonally towards his face Mm -hmm. it's so cool i gotta just like shout out one scene because i think it's arguably like the most amazing sequence i've ever seen visually in a movie the sushi scene is so fucking good my god i'm so glad you brought this up i was attention to detail is unbelievable when i saw that in theaters i was like okay that's it i don't need to see anything again (laughs) and it's like fucking disturbing too it almost makes you not want to eat sushi because it's like (laughs) the fish's mouth is moving as he goes through the different stages of cutting it it's and uh my god i i also just love everything in that lab and in the city uh it's just the whole dog flu testing sequence is so fucking cool uh and so ridiculous and so wes anderson um so i i am absolutely giving it a seven uh and and i'm just glad that he's gotten better and better at this craft um let's move on to our next category let's talk about spectacular Eularity. Let's talk about the engagement level of these movies. Um, how engaged you were, whether you were distracted or you were just fully invested in them. And they're both extremely short, so that has certainly helped. Nick, why don't you talk of uh, talk about Isle of Dogs' uh, spectacularity? <laughs> yeah, I, I wish that you would have said "talk of Isle of Dogs." <laughs> talk That's of great. Talk of dogs and talk I love of dogs. Isle of Dogs. Yeah. Um. I don't think it's incredibly short. I agree. I had the same thought when he said that. It is short-ish. Yeah, I I actually take that back. Um, (laughs) I think that it's a bit... Honestly, I'm going to give it... I'm in between a four and a five. Because I don't think that it's like this remarkably... I mean, the visual parts of it are what carry it for me. The story is drawn out. Mm -hmm. um, To Mm -hmm. a point that it becomes somewhat boring to me at a certain point. I don't know if this is controversial. I can't see Gabe's face. Layla's drinking wine. It's no, no, not, I, not at all. to you guys. Uh, <laughs> it's not that fun to rewatch. It's, um, it, it just loses steam. <clears throat> I don't know what else to say. Like, it just kind of, like, it's awesome that it's more stylized and more cool to watch. And there's, like, all of this experimentation going on with the way that th- the, that the movie looks. And... Uh, and even sounds, you know, but it's not, um, it's just not that interesting. I, I, I agree like with that 20, point. And about the length of Fantastic Mr. Fox, it becomes not as interesting. Hour yeah. 25 in, it's like, okay, we're good. Total, I totally. So, I, I mean, I, you can't see my face, but I, I definitely agree. Um, I love Wes Anderson movies. I love just experiencing them. Um, I don't think it's one of his funniest movies and that kind of hurts it at times. And um, because his movies make me laugh really fucking hard. Um, 
I think I actually enjoy the story more than Fantastic Mr. Fox, just in terms of like where the arc goes, I think is a little bit uh, more interesting. Like I kind of just lost the plot of Fantastic Mr. Fox at points. But I think Fantastic Mr. Fox is funnier and more exciting. And I actually think the serious moments are better in it. It's more engaging in that way. Um, I... Like, again, the sequences are fucking great. Like, the visual sequences keep me engaged. There's a lot of these little montages. Like, just the opening, how they're telling you about the whole backstory with F. Murray Abraham, and then it's like... um uh, and then Courtney B. Vance comes in with his narration. Like, I really like that. I think it's kind of exciting, and it's and there's a lot of moving pieces in it that keep you into that. Um, Alexandra uh, Desplat did both of these movies, yeah, and he he's did. just and it's actually one of his most interesting scores, I think, because it's like really drum based, um, and I I just get really in, uh, involved with it. And there's like flutes and stuff. I think it's really fun. Um, in terms of the humor, the sneezes are like all expertly timed and I don't know what it is, but I always <laughs> laugh whenever that one of the dogs sneezes. Cause it's yeah. just like, he's I mean, just a brilliant. Do. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I also like, I love good puns. Both of these movies have them. The dog jokes are just fucking great. And that's all around. And when it, like when they howl, it's just a fucking cute, hilarious moment. Uh, with Harvey Keitel, so I'm giving it a five. I think it's I, I think any of his movies are slightly above average for me, um, and I still think it's relatively short. But I do agree with you, Nick. It's not his most interesting. What about you, Layla? Yeah, I gave it a five. I 100% agree with Nick. I think there's a lot that can be cut out of this movie, and it still would have been great, and it wouldn't have yeah. felt like it dragged. There are just some scenes that are like just there that just exists that don't necessarily propel the story forward that could have just been either edited better or cut out entirely but you hear that yoko ono <laughs> dude why the fuck is she in this you hear that yoko it's a choice nobody likes you i actually um, have a theory for why she's in it but anyways we'll talk about that later sorry Leo. <laughs> no you're fine uh yeah i don't know i i do like like the story itself is fun like I'll talk more about it in originality, but I like that it's like a dystopian story and it's Mm -hmm. just, it's creative. It's very creative. I never thought I would sit down and watch a movie about dogs being banned uh, in a made up potentially modern Japanese at the time place. Like it was, it was all very odd and fun and eccentric like he is. So I was engaged with that. And I think that's interesting. Um, I think all of the dog engagement is hilarious and I enjoy all of their banter between each other. I think that's yeah. really engaging. Yeah. Um, but so, so a lot of the same faults that you guys have. I'm going to talk about this way more in Legacy, but I'll give a little sneak preview. I do get pulled out a lot because I think there is some lame controversy to this movie and I feel it when I'm watching it. And I don't know if I should talk about yeah. it now. Gabe, should I talk no, about I, it now? <laughs> I, I was thinking we talk about it in Legacy. Okay, I I'll hold off. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I will say um, for the sake of spectacularity, for me, that's the type of stuff that does pull me out of a movie and it very yeah. much does. It, it disengages me because I sit there and think about it and I'm like, I don't like that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's a five. It's fun. It's lovely. It's beautiful. 
but there are better there are just better movie storyline wise out there that I'm sticking with my four. Yeah, I'm fine All with right, that yeah. too. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> y'all five. not compelled. Uh, well, okay, let's talk about spectacularity with yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox. I'm gonna kick this off just because I think you guys are gonna disagree with me a little bit, and <laughs> I am sorry again. Sorry. But I, I just, I won't say my score yet. But <laughs> I'm just. To be honest, I'm just not as drawn into these animated movies, and that's just that's kind of a preference thing. Um, I, you know, I think there's something bizarrely (laughs) funny about the way that he depicts humans in his movies, and that's what really uh, draws me in to his comedy. It's their faces, the way they move, their costumes. Like, I just like those a little bit more. I also think at times, Fantastic Mr. Fox's pacing it's it's really short. But there are moments of like purposeful pauses that Wes Anderson does for comedic effect, and they just work better in his non-animated movies for me because there are people moving around in the background and stuff that make it funny whenever they're not talking. And I, I, I don't know. There Sometimes when he does the awkwardness in this, I kind of – I just detach a little bit. But – Honestly, I hadn't seen this movie in so long, and I was like pleasantly surprised at how much more I enjoyed it this time around. I think it gets really energetic and fun when they start scheming and like making plans and doing their Wes Anderson montages, and then just like them moving around, as I said, doing the gymnastics. Um, Desplat's score, again, so simple, so elegant, uh, incredible. Uh, <laughs> It, both of these movies are nominated for score and both of them lost. Thank you for bringing this up, by the way, because I keep forgetting to do it. I'm glad that you're doing it because I have it written all over my notes. I mean, it, we and, and he's one of the best composers in movies. And I, I really do like these scores. And I actually think they're a little bit simpler than his other ones, but they're more uh, beautiful. Um, in terms of like funniness, like hilarity, because we would normally do that with comedies. Uh, what keeps me laughing is the way they eat is so fucking funny to me every time when they're like, <laughs> um, it weirds me out that you're so good at that game. <laughs> yeah. I think it's cause me and my brother do it. My brother and I do it like all the time. Uh, and I just like love when they snarl at each other, like what Nick and I were doing at the beginning. Sometimes it hurts my head when I watch movies like this and some animals can talk and others can't. It, it always bothers me and I don't know what it is. But anyways, I'm giving it a five. I'm like, I do find it more engaging than Isle of Dogs, but I just don't find it well above average for me. Layla, counter. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely giving it a six. Um, I, I have seen this movie. I can't even tell you how many times. And every single time I watch this movie, I am laughing my ass off like I I just there's the way that the way that this is written and Noah Baumbach helped write this correct yeah I love I love his screenplay Noah Baumbach is an incredible writer and I I mean I just like there are so many just minute small moments like when the fucking mole is like I just want to see the sunshine. <laughs> it oh, yeah. The fox is just like, <laughs> what? And then he's, and then he just comes back at him and he's like, it's just, it's, I can't, I can't is even talk Kylie right now. Is Kylie the mole? What type of animal is Kylie? No, Kylie's, I don't even know what Kylie is, but no, it's not. Possum the mole's like black or, yeah, he's like a possum. But, okay. um, no, it's just the way that they use animals and the comedy around these animals yeah. and who they are is hilarious. And it's so, 
fucking undeniably intelligent. Like, it's just smart. The comedy is really smart. I love that it's like quippy and you have to just like pay attention to what they're saying. And when it when something does hit, it hits so strong and well and it flows really, really well. Gabe, I thought about you because I went on Letterboxd. Thank you. And and (laughs) the first review I saw was... (laughs) How does Steve? How does Steven Soderbergh sleep at night knowing the best movie in the Ocean's trilogy is a stop motion puppet animation directed by Wes Anderson? <laughs> and I like died laughing earlier when I read that. Oh, shout yeah, out to the that. person that posted that. Um, and shout this, out to George Clooney. I mean, this movie is just—it's so engaging to me. It's got a great through line. It's got a great plot. It moves in the perfect sequence for me. The beginnings, building these really fun characters and letting you understand the universe. And then it just, the second it hits, the second they blow up the tree and everything starts moving, all the comedy's hitting, the action's hitting. It's yeah. so much fun. It is such a fun movie and it's so packed for an hour and a half. And it's the perfect time. Um, I will never be tired of this movie. It's a six. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Totally agree. You, I think yeah. that it is infinitely more rewatchable than Isle of Dogs to me. Like I could rewatch this and I think that it turns, you know, I think that Wes Anderson's style turns some laymen, lay laymen off of yep. uh, his movies. And I think that fantastic Mr. Fox is probably the least turn off. Yeah. Of them. And it's just so, it's so funny. Uh, Kylie is an opossum by the way, I think. Yeah. Okay, nice. No, no, I no. love Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It's there's just like all of these little moments. The the whack bat part that I quoted is just the so funniest funny. thing to me. The way Owen that Wilson, Owen Wilson yeah. says whack bat. Yeah. <laughs> whack bat. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. Uh it's just so well done and and it's an hour and 25 minutes. It's yeah, um, unbelievably short. Um, you know, I'm actually going to move up to a six because I think it's just, it's really, it's just really digestible. And, and that, you know, I just, I can't put it at a seven. I, and, and a lot of Wes Anderson movies are at a seven for me. Yeah. And I won't do Um, that either, but yeah, it's tough. All right. Let's move on to our next category. Uh, let's talk about originality. Let's talk about how creative, creative these movies are, how unique they are, how they stand out in Wes Anderson uh, filmography and the genre, uh, and whether they needed to be made. I'll kick it off with Fantastic Mr. Fox, which you guys will be delighted to hear that I'm giving it a hard seven. Love and it. this is interesting because sometimes we talk about whether it's like based on source material and needed to be made. Mm-hmm. And yes, this was a rolled doll book, but the it is just book. he took a rolled doll book and just fucking went to the moon with it. Like it is it's so Wes Anderson by the time he's done with it. Yeah. Um he just gets major points for how original the animation is in this. Like as I said, um while I think he got even better at at his style with uh stop motion, it's just there wasn't a movie like this and it was brilliant when it came out. You know, there was other stop motion, but there was like nothing that excited me this much to watch. Um, And he brings his darkly comedic tone into a kid's movie, like in such a great way beyond what a Pixar movie is capable of doing. Um, You know, just using cuss instead of cuss words is just so fucking funny to me. And it's original (laughs) and, 
uh it, it's a great way to let this like movie they they could be talking about adult subjects and be swearing at each other but you could show this to a kid because they're not going to be you know they're not actually swearing um you can be like what the cuss mom <laughs> yeah exactly what? i mean they might, it might, and cheese i mean there. at the point where you start really replacing it it's like the word you're still using that word and the intention is the problem but anyways right. um as Layla Anywho. brought up, I really, I really it's a love cussing conundrum. Yeah, let's just cuss and move on, Nick. Stop cussing, interrupting. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, I, as Layla brought up earlier, I love uh, Noah Baumbach's uh, scripts uh, for um, Wes Anderson. I always think that he gets into like really good human, humanistic like character uh, qualities and these weird arcs that get kind of dark. A um, lot of good animal puns. You know what I thought about? We could have done this movie with Zootopia. Um, they're very similar with like the cunning fox as the lead one. By the way, I love Zootopia, so don't fucking uh, shake your head over there. Layla. I'm only shaking it because I'm just like, fantastic, Mr. Fox cannot be beat. But yes, I love Zootopia. Well, I'm not saying it would, be, it would be better, but I do think that they're pretty similar. And yeah. I also love the use of animal puns in both of them. Like even just like the... As an attorney, I, the badger, beaver, and beaver <laughs> attorneys at law. Yeah, totally. Is so fucking. Funny but also like the is... the DMV as well, like the sloths oh, in the yeah. DMV. It's great humor, and it's also wow. like a feat in its own type of animation as well. Zootopia is insane. Um, oh, definitely. But <laughs> I mean, this is like more incredible. But anyways, I mean, this absolutely needed to be made, and I actually think that this changed the animation genre for the Academy Awards like forever. Totally. And that's where it gets its originality. Prestige thing. animation. It just, but it also allowed in these more adult-ish totally. type animations. Like we got yeah. Anomalisa like uh, like years later, but that's like a big – that was like a big change because before that it was mm-hmm. all kids' movies. So anyway, seven out of seven for me. Um, let's have Layla go next. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a whole lot more to add. I think it's 100% a seven. I think – Yes, they took a source material, but Wes Anderson, as he always does, put his entire stamp all over it. I mean, it's just the detail that he adds to every scene. Like, I love the scene where Ash, like, feels bad all of a sudden and turns on the train and him and Christopherson are watching the train (laughs) move. Because it's also, like, a symbolized thing of, like, the train that also encircles them, too, because there is a train in the background in long shots, too, and... I just love that. He's so meticulous and he puts a stamp on everything that he does. And you could put this movie on and I think most Wes Anderson lovers would just immediately know it's his work. And I think it's an incredibly original thing that Wes could have chosen to do a Pixar movie. He could have chosen to do any other type of animation, but he was like, absolutely not. I am going to choose the most visually stunning form of animation that requires the highest level of creativity that exists and i'm gonna do this full stop and it's just so wes anderson to choose to do that it's just truly wes anderson so it's uh, there's no question about it. it's a seven it's a seven yeah nick well, you, you can care i hate to be a wet sandwich. <laughs> uh, i don't want to be too much of a wet sandwich but i'm gonna give it um I'll give it a six because... <laughs> Such a wet sandwich. <laughs> I know. I was going to give it a five. Yeah, a six is a great score. We have it to keep reiterating that. It takes from source material, and it's a source material that Wes Anderson, like, reveres. Like, he's a huge world doll mm-hmm. guy because, of course, he is. He should um, be. And, um, you know, he stretches the story. He visually adds, you know, his stop-motion look. 
and he creates more complex villains. Uh, outside of that, it is, I mean, it is source material on Roald Dahl. Um, so I don't want to give it a complete seven. It's not like he yeah, invented that's fair. The that's fair. Thing. That's fair. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it a six. Cuss I'll you, give dude. It five. Uh, Cuss you, man. Layla, uh, cussing me right now. Yeah. What about? <laughs> uh, what about Isle of Dogs originality for you? Um. I don't, I mean, I'm going to give it, I was, I'm between, I mean, I'm going to give it a six. I think it's a very original idea. I think the concept being a dystopian society and coming up with this like war about cats and dogs is like really funny and great. And I think <laughs> the, the storylines that he built around these dogs and these characters is really great. Um, I don't think it's a seven because I think there's something that's like, very basically wrong with the story that he created. Um, that's like yeah. a trope that too many people do and they shouldn't. So lame, um, which I'll talk about in Legacy. I'm being very vague here. <laughs> I'll talk about it later on. I don't think it's perfect. I think it is, again, it's hard because these are both just Wes Anderson movies and he just is his own genre to me. So it, it's hard to not give him anything that's like a, a six or a seven because he builds these worlds and they have his stamp on them and they are just remarkably meticulously him. So it's hard for me not to give it a six, but maybe you'll convince me otherwise. <laughs> no, I I'm at a six as well, actually. Uh, and I, you know, I do think that it's important to note that it is pretty problematic in certain parts. And it's just, that comes into how it was created and the lack of thought for that um, and how it was created um, but I do really, I, I do think it's a six because, I mean, the story is, you know, I know we had like cats versus dogs or whatever that fucking spot, that cussing uh, spy movie was, but <laughs> <laughs> God, we failed at this so hard. Um, but that like, uh, like this is just such a unique story. Like everything about the like politics of it is just so fun like like in terms of what's going on with the mayor in japan and like how there's that like uh worm-tailed guy i forget what the what's the name of the like guy that's like worm-tail or something in lord of the rings layla Oh, I don't know what his mean, name is, but you mean his you like mean Harry butler guy that's no. always near him that's like yeah, creepy looking? Yeah, that's like poisoning the king of Rohan. But anyways, he's... Oh, oh yeah. Green Worm Tongue. Not... Yeah, Worm Tongue. Yeah, there we go. So, so he, the, the Worm Tongue guy... Mixing up your fantasy franchises is cussing But you came to the yeah. right lady, sir. <laughs> I did. Um, well, I said it's not Wormtail, so excuse me. But anyways, <laughs> I, I do find... I just think the story's really creative and fun. Um... And, you know, like, even though this is part of the problem with it, like, just the the way he explains the differences in languages and the translation and stuff is so Wes Anderson that, like, some of the subtitle stuff is really funny to me, and I think it's really clever. Um, I, I really like what Roman... Uh, Coppola and Jason Schwartzman brought to this and like I I like I you know with Noah Baumbach's uh, movies with Wes Anderson I also really like the the Roman Coppola ones um, and also I, I can't really knock it for coming after Fantastic Mr. Fox because I think it's a totally different style so different, you know it's still yeah. uh, stop motion an- or yeah stop motion animation but it is um 
it's very different and the story is really different and like the themes are really different and the characters are really different. So I still think it's a six out of seven for me. And I don't know if uh, Nick mm. agrees or not, but he's probably, like I went, three. um, I'm a very dry sandwich. Um, I think it's extremely original. I gave it a seven. Mm. I think that visually, because like you said, it's mm-hmm. different than fantastic. Mr. Fox It's so visually unlike any other, other movie i've ever seen that i find it i I found it hard to give it a seven for or less than a seven for like any reason even though all the reasons that you or you guys aren't giving it sevens are totally valid and i'm sure we'll talk about them more (laughs) thank you um Um, did you give it a six layla or yeah i gave it a six six okay well layla why don't you talk about uh actoring uh with isle of dogs actoring is uh not just the you know, voice work performances, but also the directing and writing and how that aided uh, that, you know, how are the characters yeah. and how are the voice performances? Uh, yeah, Isle of Dogs. So this was kind of hard for me. I Definitely. <laughs> I gave it a four Woo! because... And it's mostly because of I was I was kind of I was trying to compare the two against each other to give myself some kind of like baseline as to how mm-hmm. you because it's hard with animation, whatever animation you're working with in general. I just think it's more difficult because it is just voice acting, obviously writing and how you choose to like position these characters with each other is important, but you don't have the like physical aspect of the human. Uh, I gave it a four. I think it's good. I like all of the actors in it. I think they're funny. I think the voice acting that they do is great. I don't think all of the writing of the characters is amazing. Um, I think they could have cut some stuff out. I think they could have added a little bit more here and there with certain characters. I think they focused a lot on, um, oh my God, what's his name? The main dog. (laughs) Brian Cranston. Yeah, what's his name though? <laughs> oh, uh, Chief. What is his Chief? Name? Thank you. Chief. That's yeah. right. I think they focus a lot on Chief. Brian Cranston. <laughs> it is just Brian. It is just Brian Cranston. Name is Walter. Name my dog Brian Cranston too. Um, uh. Yeah, I, I. They focus so much on Chief, and not to say that I don't like Chief, but I don't. He's not my favorite character ever developed mm-hmm. in animation, and I don't think he's like that engaging. So. I can't go much higher than like an average score. Four is not a bad score. Just a premise to everyone listening. It's just, it's average to me. It's It's fine. I think there's plenty of other things in this movie that excel. I just don't think right. The writing of these characters or the voice acting is like remarkable. 100% agree. 100% agree. I gave it a four. Okay. It's so stacked that it's like a testament to how blah, a lot of the voice acting and, and like character writing is that it's a four because it's just like chock full of awesome actors with awesome voices. Like you completely wasted Jeff Goldblum and Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson uh, has a great animation voice. Yeah. If you listen to the like six lines of dialogue she has in this movie, she's killing it. She sounds just like a dog. Also, I love the other dogs. Like, I love <laughs> listening to the other dogs at the beginning of the movie, and then they just totally. kind of filter out, and it just focuses solely on Chief. And I would much rather have heard dialogue yeah. from the other dogs than Chief. And, like, no one does an amazing voice job. Like, Julie was Julie was cr- cracking a joke that Brian would <laughs> be hilarious to just take lines out of context and have them played to people with no visual and just see whether or not it's Breaking Bad or this movie. <laughs> 
because Brian Cranston's doing the same voice so deep as this dark. dog. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, I don't think that anyone does this like standout voice job outside of like, you know, Edward Norton is really great. Oh my God. Brian love so Ed in this great. movie. He's so good. Is he, but uh, I don't know. It just doesn't blow me away in, at same. any point. And I tried. I tried not to give it average, but. I agree though. I okay yeah so when the cast came out when that like poster first came out with all the I people remember that, were that in it, I was like overwhelmed like <laughs> yeah. I couldn't I couldn't really do my work that day because there were just so many people that I loved that were going to be in this um but I it just can't really be a top Wes Anderson movie for me actoring I mean like an actoring is usually very high for me for his movies because it's just the quirkiness of it like his directing doesn't work as well um, especially in, in this kind of story, um, you just miss how he coordinates the actors and like what their expressions are like and stuff. Um, so they just don't hit as hard. I will say this, Courtney B. Vance has an absolutely incredible narration voice and needs to narrate everything. I, I don't know what the, when he's like Japanese archipelago, it's like, I fucking <laughs> love him. Uh, I, it's also really weird because like F. Murray Abraham is like technically like the narrator for the first like five minutes and then it goes to Courtney B. Vance. But anyways, uh, and I also love F. Murray Abraham in this. But I agree. I put Edward Norton as he's he's, he's so highlight. great in this. Yeah. I kept thinking it was Jason Schwartzman the first time I was watching <laughs> this. But um, mm. I personally like Brian Cranston's voice in this because it's so dark and soothing that it like really matches his character well. I don't think the character is that interesting, but it yeah. matches it. Um, I just kind of, and I'm going to bring this up with Fantastic Mr. Fox too. I'm just kind of bummed to not get a Wes Anderson human movie with Brian Cranston because he's so good at comedy and seriousness. I mean, he's like one of the best TV actors of all time because of that with Malcolm yeah. in the middle and then breaking bad. Um, I love Jeff Goldblum and Bill Murray. I think it was kind of a misuse of them, especially Jeff, Jeff Goldblum just like disappears uh, and then has some great lines at the end. Uh, beyond ScarJo, I think ScarJo was definitely misused. I think all the uh, actresses in this were not used properly. Tilda Swinton's in this, but you would never know she is because she yeah. doesn't fucking say a line. She's just a, a pug. The Oracle, and it's it's Dude, really Greta lame. Greta Gerwig, isn't it? Like, there's so many people. I think Greta that I Gerwig like... is really good in this, but there's not yeah. enough for her. There's not enough with her character, even though it's a main yeah. character. Yeah. But I think she's really good. Vo- does really good voice acting. Uh, and Harvey Keitel, I actually think is amazing in his scene. Um, Are we not going to address Yoko Ono? <laughs> so I do want to address Yoko Ono. That was my last point. At first, I was like, why the fuck is she in this? And then when you get to the scene where she's talking in the bar and she was neglected, Mm -hmm. I genuinely think that she wrote, she helped write her character because I think that it is like kind of a comment on her behind the scenes, like compassion with John Lennon and the way that she was treated publicly. Because in this movie, she's associated with that like scientist or whatever. But, um, she secretly was just like a great person or whatever that really wanted to help. And then he's gone um, and then she's left. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for I sure. just, John Lennon was a fucking dirtbag human being and we all hate Yoko Ono for breaking up the Beatles and that's like totally unfair. Um, the older you get, you you start realizing that. So maybe that's what that is. I don't know. 
it's a, I give it a five actually. Um, just because I based it off of against other animated movies and stuff. And I just, I really like the voice work in this. Um, but, uh, Layla, actually, Nick, why don't you talk about, uh, <laughs> why don't you talk about fantastic Mr. Fox acting? Uh, I gave it a six. Okay. I think Clooney knocks it out of the park. I think that I can't, I feel like I thought that that Christopherson was Jason Schwartzman too, or maybe I thought he was. No, it's like a random person. Maybe I thought it was Ed Norton, but it's yeah, it's some guy named Eric Anderson. Yeah. Who is he related to Wes Anderson? Maybe Are they boys. Yeah. Maybe could be. I don't Homies. know. Maybe they're boys. Um. Yeah, they're probably boys. They're probably cussing boys. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I think that. It's amazing that Meryl Streep is in this movie. I think it's just so funny every time that it's Meryl Streep. And I'm like, is that Meryl Streep? And it is. It's such a flex. It is definitely a flex. (laughs) She's just fantastic Mrs. Fox. Um, And like the snarling, the, 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 the way that the dialogue like just rolls off of their tongues and it's almost deadpan sometimes. Like, Clooney and and Nor and um um uh Jesus Christ Bill Murray Duh. yeah oh man. are doing Bill this Murray's like so dead deadpan thing where their lines don't have a ton of emotion all of the time but it's just so I don't know I don't I'm I mean I read a little bit about how Wes Anderson got this these lines out of people and they, he'd like have them record them in like a place similar to where the animal would be in the scene. Like they'd record in a barn or they'd record underground or they'd record, you know, in an empty, like in an empty supermarket or whatever. And it was just like, I don't know. It it just is more meaningful the way that it's written, directed and, and, and acted, um, or voice acted to me. So I'll give it a six. All right. Layla, you similar. Yeah. I'm going to give it a six. I think this is a combination of just unbelievably incredible character writing and voice acting. Like I, when I think about Meryl Streep and her voice in this movie, she's exactly what I imagine a mother in a book that I'm reading as a kid to sound like. Like she is Mm. so calming. She feels like this like steady peace throughout this movie amongst a lot of chaos around her. And I love what she chose to do. It is, she just sounds like every mother in the background of a bunch of hooligans. Like, it is, it is just, a. it's great. She did a great job. I think she made 100% the right choices with this character. Um, George Clooney is remarkable. I think Ash is just one of the funniest character writings yeah, ever. Amazing. And he's, yes. He's just portrayed so well. I I think that's like the difference for me between these movies. These characters are well developed. They're well portrayed. You understand them. And it's an hour, 25 minutes. And by the end of it, it's a full arc of, okay, I fell in love with every single one of these characters, including these side animals, the badger, all of the above. Like they gave me enough of all of these people by the end of it to be like, these people, by the end of it to be like, I'm in love with them all. I want to watch a TV show about these like animals and their lives. And I want to know more. Like I was just incredibly engaged and it's absolutely a combination of the writing. And, but even just the way it West shoots them, like that scene with the waterfall between um, Mr. Fox and Mrs. Fox and the, mm-hmm. like the 
deadpan on their faces that goes back and forth. It's fucking, it's literally puppets. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm feeling her feelings in that moment. Just that wife being like, I told you over and over again not to do this. And you put us in this position and I have to step in again to be the strong one. (laughs) Like, I felt that even though it was literal puppets. (laughs) Like, that's just that's character writing and great voice work. It's I I don't think animation hits that well all the time when it comes to this yeah. part. So I'm I'm just impressed. Mm-hmm. I'm very impressed by it. Yeah, cool. I I don't know. It it for me it just you know, I I'm not I to be a wet sandwich. sandwich at all. I just I no, I Freaking I like sandwiches. I really like the cast. I really wanted this cast but in like a human Wes Anderson movie like I really want to see George Clooney and Meryl Streep in a Wes Anderson movie and I think they do I don't I don't really like I agree with you I think like the motherly voice thing is a really good point Layla that it would it's like what you would imagine when you were like read one of these stories um, I just don't think it's like she's so charismatic, uh, Meryl Streep. I mean, she's just like the best actress of all time. And like, I just, I just wanted more. And I, I sometimes was just like, that's Meryl Streep? Like, what? But like, I think that, in the sense just... of like, less is more, right? That's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. It's a little bit and more. Nails that. I would agree. She's yeah, holding I'm... it together. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, she definitely she definitely nails that. I mean, and I think George Clooney has a really great voice. I just I I really like when he gets to be this type of character, and I think it he could do like the Ocean's Eleven, but with more humor. And to be able to see that would have been really helpful to me. But you know, like in terms of animation, I still think this is above average for any animated movie. Um, I, Jason, I, I, again, Jason Schwartzman is so good in this. Like, his emo character is perfect. I love when he says, uh, no, you're not. You're disloyal to his lab partner. <laughs> I fucking die of laughter. So funny. He's just, he kills it. And, of course, I love Bill Murray. Um, <laughs> you know who really, like, almost puts it at, like, a really high score for me? Willem Dafoe. I yeah, fucking amazing. love Willem Dafoe in this movie. His accent is absurd. Sometimes you forget it's even him. Uh, yeah. It sounds nothing like him. He always does like a weird accent when he's in uh, Wes Anderson movies, which I just, I love Willem Dafoe with all my heart. He's so weird. Um, you know, who's great too as a villain. Uh, and it's believable because he plays a villainous version of a beloved character uh, is Michael Gambon. Um, because in, Harry Potter, when he becomes Dumbledore, he like fucking th- yeah. cussing throws. Uh, <laughs> uh, he throws Harry Potter into a wall, and everyone's like, "Okay, it doesn't do that in the book, so why be evil, Michael Gambon?" Um, but he's great in this as Mister Bean, um, and the random director dude who plays mm. Kylie just has a great voice, so cool. and I I wish he was in more things. He he directed the movie Sorority Boys, which I used to love when I was younger. Probably <laughs> extremely problematic now, um, but it, it's a five for me, and that's just based on like all animation. I think it's above average, but I like say something like Darjeeling Limited that a lot of people rank like lowest out of Wes Anderson movies. Those characters I love so much, and his actoring in that is just what takes it over the edge uh, for me. And that's just I I just lose that with animation, and that's preference. And I'm yeah. sorry. Um, no, let's finish enough. off. Let's talk about legacy, uh, the lasting legacy of these movies. Um, 
just quickly for Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, <laughs> this is well adored. Everyone loves this movie. As you said, as uh, I think Nick said earlier, it's just like you, you would be hard pressed to find someone, even if they don't like Wes Anderson, that doesn't enjoy this movie. Yeah. Um, it's some people's favorite, like Layla and uh, our friend Jimmy. Shout out to Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. Uh, and some, I, Jimmy. I think it's Clay's as well. Uh, huge <laughs> moment for like animation. I, I mean, it was nominated for score. It was nominated for uh, animated feature. But unfortunately, it went against Up, and it actually lost both awards to yeah. Up. Because Up won score, which I totally forgot. It's a beautiful one. Uh, I think it's a toss-up for me in terms of which movie I like more. And, you know, Up is a perfectly pleasant movie. Um, just such a different comparison, though, you know? Yeah, I don't even to- think I could make yeah. that comparison. <laughs> totally. You're also just never going to win against a Pixar movie, especially one like Up. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Um, but it didn't cost a lot in terms of movies like it was only 40 million dollars and it made all of its money back and i think actually it was way more popular in dvd sales than it was um in theaters you know because it was bizarre and it was at the time that people didn't really know if they loved wes anderson or not um personally not my favorite that's just a preference that's just like a style preference uh but i'm giving it a six because i think your guys's point about um, how accessible this is compared to his other movies. Like, that really, uh, that's huge. Um, Digestible. It's the totally probiotic yeah. of Wes Anderson movies. <laughs> yeah. I gave it a six as well. Okay. For all the same reasons. Oh, sick. Layla, this, <laughs> yeah. is, this is your big moment. <laughs> I don't really have so a whole that... lot to say. I have way more to say on For I Love Dogs. Um, I... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I gave it a six as well. I It is 100% my favorite Wes Anderson movie. I do think it hasn't been mentioned that like it is built for kids and adults. And I think that's always an incredible mm-hmm. legacy for any film because you can watch it as a family. You can watch it as adults, as kids, whatever. It's, it's all around a great movie for everybody. I also think it's going to probably become like a cult classic for stop motion lovers down the line when stop motion like hits its stride and everyone loves it and it's a huge thing i think this is going to be something that's looked back on as like is that one on the horizon the... i hope so yeah i'm i'm dreaming over here but I it's supposed so. to come out this year if it gets pushed again i'm gonna kill someone um yeah i yeah i i don't have a whole lot more to say i think it's a great it's it's one of the best it's one of the best wes anderson movies to me it's a great it's one of the best stop motion movies to me um I hope it just continues to age as it is. I hope it's c- endlessly rewatchable for all of us. So it's, yeah, I'll go with the six. Okay. Dude. When we talk about Isle of Dogs, before we get into <clears throat> the, the criticism. Let me get on my uh, Just some quick things. It is really funny that these both were, these both were both nominated for uh, score and uh, animated, yeah, animated feature film. and both of them lost both of those categories yeah uh, isle of dogs lost the to spider-man ready. into the spider-verse um which is fair that was a completely yeah, like revolutionary fair. type movie um it, and yeah, i mean like they're now copying it in the mcu it was so great um and it also lost score to and i was actually shocked when this happened because i thought another movie was gonna win um but it lost to Ludwig, my fucking boy, uh, Ludwig <laughs> Gorenson for Black Panther, which totally is an awesome boy. score. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought I thought Nicholas Bertel was going to win that year for uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. But anyways, um, 
This movie actually made $20 million more than Fantastic Mr. Fox, and I think it costs less, which is kind of blows my mind. I think it costs $35 million, which is just – the visual quality of this is just unbelievable. But, um, you know, they might it, making have had more... to make less sets considering they just had to make the oh, trash true. dump. No, I mean, the everything in, like, Japan is pretty Well, for sure. I'm just saying, like, that's kind like, of the main, like, uh, Fantastic true. Mr. Fox has, like, a couple of different main areas that they hang out oh, in. Oh, <laughs> I see your point. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and I think also the product of it, it, it making more money was just a product of people knowing Wes Anderson more. Totally. And probably seeing that it. poster and yeah. being like, oh, my God, <laughs> Brian Cranston and, all, and a million other people. Um, all right. <laughs> the whole gang? Let's talk about the the criticism. <clears throat> Layla, why don't you talk about it? I mean, let's just throw in another white savior trope because we really need those in our lives all yeah. the time. I mean, <laughs> aside from like there's so there's two main conversations here. There is the very odd decisions around language, which I can't quite wrap my brain around. And I think a lot of people are very confused as to his decision making around why subtitles were not used and why they chose to consistently not use subtitles and use a translator as the like main kind of narrator in a lot of instances and then also have this like white you know foreign exchange student uh (laughs) but yeah for sure um have this like white foreign exchange student be like a protagonist to like be an english-speaking protagonist and then on top of that there is the unbelievably unnecessary need to have a foreign exchange student as a white person being the savior of this whole situation. Um, I read a great article today that was talking about the fact that like you have Yoko Ono right there who could have been the savior of this situation, like as a woman who worked with the scientist who died, like she could have been the one, but then you have this like white teenage girl coming in and like shoving Yoko Ono to the side in a bar who's really sad and just like being the savior of the situation none of it looks good like a weird romance too with the the foreign exchange students yeah for sure with you for sure uh it was all very odd I don't Wes I'm a little confused I think you're smarter than that I don't know why you chose to do that I don't think it was necessary at all I remember leaving the theater after watching this movie and being like give me more subtitles that would have been fine and take that fucking character out. The movie's already too long. I didn't need any of her fucking storyline at all. She took up scenes. She took up time. I didn't like her. She wasn't even a likable character. So what the fuck is the point of throwing her in there at all? Um, That didn't sit well with me. Otherwise, I don't think that this movie is like, I think when people think of stop motion and Wes Anderson, I do think they think of fantastic Mr. Fox a lot more. And I think, Mm -hmm. Isle of Dogs is much more in the conversation with cinephiles as far as like visuals and things like that, as opposed to like everybody. So I gave it, I gave it a four. I gave it an average score. I I do want to bring up. So there were um, Asian American critics that had brought up a lot of those points. Uh, I think one was for the LA times. Um, And they, when they all brought it up, you know, a lot, all, all of them said they didn't find the movie to be overtly offensive. They just questioned mm-hmm. the decision making and how unnecessary yeah, it was. Yeah. It just brings up a lot of problematic American ideations of Japanese culture. And then, you know, all the choices that you brought up, you know, they weren't 
offended by it, but they did find. I mean, uh, every it's just movie unnecessary. Is just, I literally yeah, exactly. want to go up to Wes Anderson and be like, "Why did you make that choice?" Because it it didn't yeah. need to be in the movie at all. Well, every movie is like susceptible to critique, but it was just like the, you didn't need to invite this in. And, yeah, for sure. Uh, um, and then you know, I I I don't know what you scored it, and I I don't know what Nick uh, is feeling about this, but. Um, I gave it a four. It's just kind of forgettable um, in terms of, I don't know a Wes Anderson fan that would ever say Isle of Dogs is like their favorite no. Wes Anderson movie. No. I actually don't even know if any of them rewatch it. Uh, and as Nick said, Nick, didn't you say you, like, you didn't like rewatching it? I yeah, I was not. I was excited for this episode because I got to rewatch Fantastic Mr. Fox and that movie's great. And I really enjoy it. This was just, um, just sort of. I don't know. I mean, it's like it's well liked. People really like it. I don't think that they Wes Anderson fans, like you said, are going to identify this as their favorite. I think it's uh, not overtly like racist. It's just like odd. Like it doesn't quite, you know. Like it's just um, it's problematic uh, to me. I do think it is problematic. Yeah, I don't think yeah. we need to have you know a white is, savior it's, it's in every like, movie. Um, it's uh oh man I can't think of the word. It's um it just like makes Japanese culture into like a plaything. Mhm. Oh yeah. It's it's like a it's like it's a toy to yeah. be manipulated by by this it's appropriating its culture. Yeah. Is that it? I yeah, don't know. Kind of does feel like it is I mean, a little yeah, bit. It is appropriating the culture. It's 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 minimizing it. It's treating it like it's um you know, there's a way to like elevate a culture and make it a. Well, a he's using it for his benefit, there's, but also not benefiting the culture. So that's a problem. It's like a trinket. It's a plaything yeah. for him to like use in this this story to be for like laughs or like, you know, it's not elevating the culture in any way. It's kind that, of bizarre because it is like there's like a level of respect for Japanese culture and appreciation for it, while also using like problematic ideations of their culture and and appropriating their culture. It's like simul it's like he's doing something that he thinks would be respectful to the culture and simultaneously shooting himself in the foot with He that. made some bad and, choices. He he yeah, has good intentions. Yeah. Wes Anderson is like yes, one of yeah, the few directors yeah. that I'd be like actually wanted to emulate positive things, but he yeah. made some really poor choices. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it doesn't go as far as like fetishizing the culture or yeah. anything like that. It's just like it's not it's not done well. No, yeah, I, I think it was, that was well said, Layla. So I, I'm going to give it a five because I think people like it, and I don't think that it has like a bad legacy, but it's definitely not a six or a seven. I'm um, giving. I don't think that yeah. it's. I don't think that it's average in my opinion either because it is so. Um, I mean, it's just so cool looking. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'll give it a four. Uh, I, I I think it's average. I, I'm not going to knock it too much. And I also it was just as well received actually as Fantastic Mr. Fox when it came out. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, you know, and the nominations and everything are big. So, all right, that closes it out. Uh, <laughs> all what done. do we think? Ninety three out of one hundred five to eighty one nice. out of one hundred five. Good work, Wes fantastic. Anderson. You made fantastic, some fun fantastic movies. Uh, Layla, why don't you give us some suggestions of other stop motion Fuck animation yeah. to watch? Okay, so I'm going to start with my personal favorite stop motion film of all time, which is Coraline. If you have not seen Ooh. Coraline, 
everyone should go watch Coraline. And if you haven't read the book by Neil Gaiman, you should also read the book because it is Mm -hmm. an incredibly creepy, fabulous Neil Gaiman book. And it is just one of the most creative stop motion movies ever. One of the most creative animation movies of all time. I love that movie. So go watch Coraline. Um, I have said this to Gabe time and time again, but everyone should watch Kubo and the Two Strings. It is just unreal beautiful is when it comes to specifically the like animatronics of stop motion and the technology of it kubo and the two strings is unreal beautiful like there is wish there was three strings if only um just (laughs) if you ever have time go watch some youtube videos on it the work that they did on that set is unreal the story itself is beautiful and it's just a great animation film i will like Mm. i will die on this hill any day kubo and the two strings is completely underrated it people should care more about it it's such a fun movie it's such a great animated movie one of my favorite stop motion movies so please go watch it and then gabe you brought this up earlier but i think everyone should see animalisa like i think oh it's it's so good it's if you ever want to watch stop motion but like human adult experience stop motion that's your jam like it's great and i think more more i'm glad to see that you know this form of animation because a lot of animated shorts that get nominated each year are kind of more like for anyone that wants to watch adult like child whatever like it's about the human experience and i love animated shorts for that reason and a lot of them are puppeteers and they are stop motion shorts Um, And I don't know if that's just because animators feel like they can use these puppets to like create that human experience, but I love that movie. And I think it's a, I think it's a great like testament to the fact that stop motion can cross the genres and it doesn't have to just be animation and kid stuff, you know? I will Um, jump in and say for sure. Don't let your kids watch that. Cause there's like sex scenes and stuff, but also, Oh, like, don't, I mean, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Also, I'm saying it's a human adult experience. Like it's meant for people that want to watch an adult movie. <laughs> I also need to specify. I don't think everyone would like it. It's a Charlie Kaufman story. And like, he's just, it doesn't work for everyone. It's pretty mm-hmm. fucking weird at times. It is like a good drama, but yeah. I love it a lot. David Thewlis is the main character. And then this guy, plays the voice of every single other person in yeah. it, including like when he puts on his iPod, that person's like singing the songs and stuff. It is b- like brilliant and weird as hell. Um, totally. But beautiful. Yeah. So if any of you go and watch Kubo, please message us because I don't have anyone to talk to about that movie. I'm going to watch it and God, then just never tell you that I watched that it. That is the most upsetting thing I've ever heard, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, uh, stop motion's it. great. There's, there's lots of others too. Like box trolls is actually really fun and creative mm. and people should watch basically every stop motion movie that's been made. I mean, as we all know, nightmare before, um, Christmas. Oh is yes. Stop so motion. Good. Incredible. I do want to ask, do you guys have a favorite stop motion movie? It's fantastic. Mr. Fox. Well, outside <laughs> of Wes Anderson. Sure. Like sure. it's probably Brand nightmare out. before Christmas, but I'm also like, I just don't watch a lot of animated stuff that's not Pixar. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of people would say stuff like Wallace and Gromit, though, because I think that's like what a lot oh, of people I mean, grew I grew up, up on. on Wallace and yeah. Gromit, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think people realize... Sean the Sheep movie, but... Yeah, yeah, how much people, like, did kind of grow up on stop motion. It's been around for a mm-hmm. very, very, very long time. 
Um, uh, Walls and Gromit was like a really big deal for me growing up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, that's uh, great suggestions, Layla. I'll go check those out. You know, I mean, you've been telling me to watch them for years, and so <laughs> I'm probably not going to check them out. Uh, next week. We are bringing back on the hilarious Holly Brown. Uh, you can go follow her. She's Holly Anna. Holly Anna Comedy. I fucked this up when she was on the pod as well. Uh, but we're going to be doing her favorite movie, uh, Legally Blonde, ultra fun. It is on Netflix right now, and you can watch that. And we're doing that against House Bunny with Anna Ferris. You can find that actually for free on Tubi right now, and I think it's on other websites as well, but streaming. But uh, that's going to be a really fun episode, so check that out. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, give us that rating and review, would you please? Please. All right, guys, send off. Are you ready to do this? <laughs> oh, boy, I forgot the, t- the, forgot the whistle. <clears throat> okay, I think I got it. <laughs> Right, whenever you want to go. Wait, now I'm laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, it's so bad I can't whistle. (laughs) I just can't do it. That was it. All right, I did it. it. Nailed it. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)